can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. I personally love Instacart. I use it every week for my groceries so that I can um, spend more time with my kids. And actually, you could, there's tons of stores. It's not just groceries. They have like Sephora for makeup, Walgreens, the whole nine yards. Walgreens is great when your kids are sick and can't leave the house. Okay, check out the link in the show notes and see if Instacart is available in your area. My name is Kelly Clancy and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim Graham. Hey, Tim. Kelly, this is going to be a great show today. I'm excited to have my very good friend, Amy Masson of Sumi Designs on our podcast today. Amy and I go way back when we partnered together working on my very first website for my pool business. Amy contacted me after buying a house with a pool. Turns out it was a pool and spa my dad installed many years ago. She said, I have a pool and I see you don't have a website and the relationship was born. Then we would team up when I worked in distribution, helping pool dealers create beautiful and functional websites, as well as fix and update old outdated sites. And now, Amy, this is a bucket list moment for me because one, I've always wanted to be on a podcast, so check that. (laughs) And I knew if I was going to have a podcast, you would definitely be one of my guests. So welcome, Amy, to Tuesdays with Tim and Kelly. And thanks for having me. You're welcome. Amy, before we get started... I noticed on your website, I was excited to see you worked with uh, another friend of mine, Eric Gorman, and his business, uh, Balance Pool and Spa in Indianapolis. How did that turn out? It was great. It was a little different than the normal type of pool websites we do because we're normally working with service providers. And this was different because it's a store for pool, you know, residential homeowners that have pools to get supplies and, um, you know, the quality stuff that they're not going to find at Walmart. He must have kept that flyer we created several years ago. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you got started in in website design. Okay. Well, I started actually as a teacher, a computer teacher. And when I quit to stay home with my kid, um, people knew I knew how to make websites. And I kind of started getting asked to make websites for people. And so it started as a little hobby. And then um, 16 years later, it's now a pretty booming business, especially now everybody needs to be online. Um, so that's how I started making websites. We have a team of four um, and we've been doing it for 16 years. And um, we've done actually a lot of pool builder, pool service company websites over the years. Thanks to you. <laughs> and you do have a, a pool and spa tab specifically for pool and spa business on your website. So oh yeah, that's pretty cool. So that kind of leads us into the the meat of the show. Is having a website still important today? More important than ever. It's the, you know, the number one thing that I think any service provider needs to have for their business um, is a professional website because it builds credibility with your clients. When somebody is going to the internet to find somebody like me when I bought a pool and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, 
Um, you go and you look for somebody and you look to see, is this somebody I can trust? Is this somebody that is going to knows what they're doing? Are they going to be able to take care of me? Or do they offer the services I need? Um, you know, the, we're in 2022 and everybody is going to look for this information before they make the first phone call. So what pitfalls exist for the DIYers, for the people out there searching for a website and they're like, oh, there's like a design for 120 bucks. Um, what kind of pitfalls exist for that type of person? Well, that's a great question. And there are a lot. And, you know, you anybody can go online and, you know, go to one of these do-it-yourself builders and make their own website. It's not that hard to get a page online. But what most people don't understand is the psychology behind people, how people use websites and how important it is to understand the process that somebody looking for your business is going to go through when they land on your site and how they get to your site. People think they're going to have a website and they're going to put, oh, here's my logo and here's a little bit about what I do and here's my phone number and that's it. And that's not enough in 2022. It's not enough for you to be found in the search engines. It's not enough for people to trust you, especially if you are a pool builder building, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 pools or more and your website looks like your kid made it. Um, why would they, you know, if you can't afford $5,000 for a website, why would somebody trust you to make them a $50,000 pool? It's a big deal and people aren't taking it. People don't want to spend the money on it because they don't think it's important, but it is. We've seen some disasters out there and pleased to see uh, the updated versions of those types of websites when you work with those people. So um, tell us about some of the top features that people might not be thinking about that are on websites that they might not think that are available to them something they can put on their website when it's designed and that will work really well for them? Well, some of the things that people do or that, you know, everybody thinks, oh, especially pool builders, I need a gallery. I need to show my photos. And that's true. If you're, especially if you're building pools in people's houses, you need a gallery to show your work. But everybody, they think they need to put every photo of every pool. They don't take very good photos. And you're overwhelming your user with 300 photos instead of having a really nice, cured photo gallery of your work with really nice photos. 20 professional photos is going to go a lot longer than 100 um, phone photos. Um, the other big thing people forget is they don't want to put any content. They want it to be all photos. You know, they're, a photo is worth a thousand words. Well, not in Google, it's not. And if you want people to find you in the search engines, you have to have text. You have to have text describing all of your services. Um, people don't know what those services are. They don't know the names of them. Not everybody you know, as the pool owner or the pool company, you know what all your services are. You know what those words mean. People that are new, like when I bought a pool, I didn't know what these words were. I didn't know what backwash meant, <laughs> um, you know, and so you need to have that information. So because people are going to be searching very, very specific phrases when regarding their pools. And if you don't have any content on your website, you're not going to come up with the search results. So that leads us into the next point. There's so much to learn and do from the point you find a domain name that works for your business to the point you hit that publish and get that site online. What's next? And you talked about SEO. You talked about search terms. What comes after? Is having a website enough? Just having a website online enough? What's next? Well, you need to make sure people can find that website. And they won't, you know, a lot of people believe that, oh, you know, I hit publish. Boom, I'm done. People will magically show up on my website tomorrow, and that's not true. 
that people need to know how to find your website. They need to know that, you're, that you exist. So you need to connect it to Google My Business would be your number one thing you need to do. It's free. It lists your business in the Google map within your area. And most pool companies are local service companies. You know, when I'm looking for pool service, I'm not looking for somebody in Texas. I'm looking for somebody in my town. Um, so you need that Google My Business listing. It needs to connect to your website. And then if you're doing social media, which you probably should, um, you need to set those up and you need to be active on them. You can't just have an account. Look, I'm on Facebook. And then you never go to Facebook. You need to be using the social media to promote your business and to share resources that your customers want. It is a conversation, a two-way interaction. It's not just, we exist, here we are. And your Facebook page is not your website. So I was saying, your Facebook, a Facebook page is not your website. A Facebook is a page that has your name on it. It is not your website. But it's important if your customers are on Facebook and typically the demographic of people that are building and owning pools do have Facebook and are using Facebook. Um, probably Twitter is not as important. Depends on, you know, unless you're selling products that you want to ship maybe outside of your area. Instagram, super important for pool companies. People love seeing pictures of pretty pools. Um, but you just need to get it out there. You need to do marketing. Just having a website's not enough. So can we touch on that a little bit as far as marketing is concerned and pictures versus video and then social versus website? How does that all work out for, let's say, a, a pool builder, pool servicer? Well, I would say video is great um, if you're going to do it because YouTube is the biggest social media. So having YouTube videos that are helpful resources for your customers, or they're going to help people, you know, in your area and out of your area, but it's also going to promote your business. It's going to get your um, name out there. It's going to, you know, people are going to search and see, hey, look at this person. They know what they're talking about. They're providing me helpful information. Um, I don't know how many times I've watched a YouTube video about how to repair my pool Polaris cleaner. Um, but, you know, if that person making it was in my town, I would have been very likely to contact them, um, knowing that they knew what kind of troubles that I was having. Um, but it's all, you know, needs to be done in conjunction with each other. You can't do any one of them by themselves. You really need to do all of them. And you might need to hire somebody because it's a lot when you're also running a business to also be in charge of all the social media. So is that something that you offer as part of your team? No, we don't offer social media. It is, um, it's a lot to take on and you have to learn about everybody's industry. So um, I would expect that there are probably companies, I know there are companies that do only pool builder, pool service marketing, and those are the kind of people that would know the kind of content that your audience is sharing. And since we work with not just pool companies, but anybody, uh, really, um, it's just not our area. So tell me about some of the services that you do offer. And I know you offer, you know, website design as part of your business. Um, talk about logo talk about design, talk about uh, SEO. I mean, there's basically some of the rundown of features that someone could expect that they would receive from you if they contacted you to design a website. Sure. Well, I mean, if you don't have a logo, you should get one because especially a pool company, you're going to need signs. You're going to need business cards. You're going to need shirts. You might need to have your car wrapped. Um, I had a very long conversation with the service provider at my house the other day because his van was just a plain white van with nothing on it. And I'm like, you know, I have a lot of people in my neighborhood driving by my house every day and they have no idea what this white van is in my driveway. 
Um, you're losing out on this opportunity for basically free marketing from my whole neighborhood just by not having a logo on your car. So that's the importance of having a good logo is that you can blow it up on billboards, shrink it down on cards. Um, so we do logo design, um, which takes you to the website design. And, you know, we make websites with a strategy in mind and not just, you know, oh, look how pretty it is. It needs to be functional. It needs to serve a purpose. And one of the things for pool service companies is put stuff online. Let me buy my chemicals. Let me schedule my opening and closing. It's 2022. There's no reason why people shouldn't be able to schedule their opening and closings right on your website. Um, I've done that for a couple of companies. It was very successful. Um, and people love that feature. Um, SEO, search engine optimization, very important, um, especially if you have competition in your town. Um, and the only way to really do well in search engines, and Tim, you know this from when we did your first website, is to have really great content, um, content that people are looking for, because most likely they're going to be searching for very specific phrases and not just pool company. They're going to be looking for, you know, why is my pool link leaking? How do I fix a pool link? You know, why is my vinyl liner, you know, popping out of the corner? There are all kinds of phrases. And the more of those you can address, the more traffic you're going to get to your site. Um, so we help with SEO. We can do Google paid ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, LinkedIn ads, wherever you think your customers are, we can run those pay-per-click campaigns for you. So we haven't talked any about TikTok, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> I but... love TikTok. <laughs> okay. So do you think it's an important area for, for pool people to be on? And I, And I will say that there are a lot of pool people on there right now, so... There is one guy on TikTok I follow, and he does, like, disgusting pool makeovers. Like, he goes out, and he's shoveling sludge, and then he makes them beautiful. And I love watching his. They're very satisfying. Um, <laughs> I would say it, it's a burgeoning area for people that have the means to buy a pool, but it's more younger people are on it. I mean, I'm 46, and I'm on TikTok, but um, it. I would not say that's where you want to put your time, most of it, unless it's something you really enjoy and you like making little videos. And, you know, you use that as a part of your overall marketing. You also share them on Facebook Reels. You can put them on your website, upload them to YouTube. So you can, you know, take that one aspect and use it in all kinds of social media. So if you want to incorporate TikTok, no reason not to, but it's more of a, it's it's less concentrated to your geographic area. Um, so I don't know how, how effective it would be for your local clients. So I hear this from a lot of people, a lot of business owners, contractors, pool people, is I don't need more customers, so I don't need a website. And this is not true because you are getting your business by referral. And when people tell their friends, you need to check out this person, the first thing they do is go to Google and they Google your business. And if you're not in there, you may be missing those people, those clients who want to know who you are and if they can trust you. Even though their friend told you about them, they're still going to research you first before they contact you. So even if you don't use it for advertising, even if you're not running paid ads or you're not doing search engine optimization, it is a place for people to go and make sure that you are legit before they reach out after they've gotten the referral. So it's still super important to have a professional website for those first impressions, even if you're not using it for marketing. 
So don't fall for those uh, scam calls that say, hey, I want to get your business on the top line of Google because I get those calls about five times a day. Yeah, I do too. And I am on the first page of Google. So it's kind of funny. Um, and I have clients that will send them to me. Oh my goodness, they say I'm not doing well. Well, you know, they're, they're scammers. They, you know, if they were that busy with work, if they were that good, they wouldn't need to cold call you or cold email you every day. You know what? It has been a long time since the last recession. And it's hard to say because, you know, that time, 2008, my business almost went out of business because websites were something that people thought of as a luxury. And, you know, if they had to make cut um, expenses, a website got cut. Now, you know, during the last two years of COVID, it was a different story. And a website was something that people really felt like they needed. And I believe that in 2022, it's also still going to be, you know, if we go into a recession in 2023, being online is also going to still be very important, um, maybe even more important than it's ever been. So um, investing in that infrastructure to have a really good website and to have that branding and to have your name out there is going to be really important. Having a professional website, so say somebody says something bad or, you know, you get a bad review. It's really important that your website reflects your professionalism. And the biggest mistake I see is people go in and they respond to reviews that are bad and they get angry and they get um, defensive. And the best thing to do is just go in, respond to, never respond to the reviewer, always respond to the person reading the review. So you wanna respond in a way that's professional, that is um, not defensive and shows that, you know, you're kind of above it all. You know, thank you for letting us know you had this issue. Please call us or, you know, however you want to say it. But you're not going to fix their problem in the review, but you're also not going to be defensive. So showing that you're um, a professional. And then, you know, the best combat for bad reviews are good reviews. So get lots of good reviews and then have a website that shows that, you know, you know what you're doing. Lots and lots of good content. If you have a niche that other people are not filling, then it's really important to highlight that. That is something, that is your number one sales. If you offer something that somebody else um, is not doing, and I'll give you an example. Um, when Tim had his first website, we did a whole page on um, stair repair for pool stairs. And what happened after that? Oh my gosh, it blew up. I mean, people wanted to fly you out all over the place to come fix stairs. And I was getting most of those calls from the Northeast, amazingly enough. And was it from other pool companies or was it for residential? Residential. And I'd get calls from residential customers and I'd get calls from pool companies wanting to know either how or if I'd come teach them. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. And it was a, a niche area that nobody else had on their websites and it didn't have that information. They didn't know how to do it. And, you know, just by being the only one that really had that, you ended up getting a ton of traffic um, from it. So I want to uh, step back just a second and, and read what you said regarding reviews. And I think it, it's super important to one, not get angry, but two, you said always respond to the person reading the review, not the person who left it. Huge. Yeah. The person that left the review, you, you've already lost them. In most cases, you've already lost them. You're not getting them back, so you need to respond to the people reading the review. And if they see that you're angry, they see you're defensive, if they see you, um, you know, retaliating, then they're not going to want to work with you. But if they see you, you know, you leave a professional response, and you should respond to all reviews, in my opinion, 
Um, it should be, you know, we're so sorry you had this experience. Um, you know, call us or however you want to respond, but it just needs to acknowledge that they are upset and move on, but not be not retaliate and be angry. Great point. It's all about the audience. As with all online debate, actually. <laughs> Very true. I, I can't, she's covering everything. <laughs> she's doing a great job, so it's hard for me to think of questions. That, and I missed about a couple minutes while my stuff's not working. And do you have a pool company too? Yes, so I have a pool company, but I don't offer service. I just do repairs and startups and stuff like that. Oh, I could go on for a million years about pool repair. So the biggest mistake on pool company websites when it comes to repairs is to having one page with a list of all the repairs they can do. <laughs> because when people Google the repair they need, you know, my pool pump is, um, you know, or my returns are, are shooting air out of the returns. How do I fix it? That is going to be on, if you have one page, then it's competing with every other service you offer. Every service needs to be on its own page with specific information about what the service is. And if it's something that you know how to fix or can tell people how to fix, um, you know, information about how to fix it, frequently asked questions about that service, not having enough content about that repair and not having each type of repair on their own page is going to lose you traffic. So, you know, if I'm Googling pool pumps broke or if I'm Googling my Polaris won't, it's just running in circles. Um, or, you know, why is my pool making this noise, all of those should should bring up search results for your website if those are things you can fix. That's why it's so important, I think, to have a blog where you are just answering these types of questions. Not only will that reduce the number of inquiries you get from people that Google it and find it on your website, um, if people just ask, how do I do this? You have the answer. But most of the time, even if they can do it themselves, they're still going to call you to do it for, for them because, you know, people are afraid of doing their own pool repairs. I will uh, say the other day, I had a customer call me about putting a heater in and he did mention he went to my website and was, you know, seeing what I claimed. And unfortunately, he, like I got the, the job, but there's a little dilemma because he's like, on your website, you advertise that you're a warranty station for Hayward. And when I call Hayward, they don't know who you are. Come to find out he was searching under retail stores, not, you know, service companies. But I think that's a great example of you saying that it doesn't matter if you're doing weekly service or not. It could be repairs that they're still going to go to your website and take a look at everything. Yeah, people are, you know, these days people are voyeurs and they really do want to look and learn more about you before, especially if you're somebody that provides service in somebody's home. You know, if you're a, a single mom that lives at home alone with, you know, your kids and you don't want to have strangers coming over to your yard that you don't know and um, you don't know if you can trust them. And, you know, a lot of us that don't know anything about pools now, Tim has taught me a lot over the years and I know a lot more about pools now, but when I first got my pool, they could have told me anything and I would have believed them. Would you What's say that about... it's a good idea on the website to show the different types of certifications you have received so that they know that you are educating yourself and not being that pool boy from next door who has 50 bucks in a truck? Yeah, 
Um, I had an argument, well, not an argument. We had a, a interesting debate with a client who said he didn't think that about pages were important, that people didn't look at them. And I actually had a heat map on my website. And a heat map is something that shows where people are clicking on your page. And the second most popular page is the about page. And that I've seen on many websites, especially service providers, because they want to know who you are and if they can trust you. And having that about page that says your experience, your education, if you've got badges, from I don't I don't advocate putting badges all over your website, but there is a time and there is a place for those badges um, if you're certified and if you're going to um, conferences. And when you're at conferences or at education, those are those are um, blog posts and social media posts waiting to happen. Take a picture at this conference of you at the conference. Oh, look, we're learning more because I mean people are going to see that, and it takes many touches. We call it a touch. It's not a real touch. We're not touching people. Um, but it takes many touches before people, you know, really remember that in their brain that you're the person. And after, you know, 10, 15 touches and then suddenly they need what you offer, they're going to remember your name. So even if they don't call you the first time, you keep putting it out there. People are going to see it and they're going to remember you. Another question would be, is it good to link your Instagram and Facebook accounts to your page so they can quickly click on those to see pictures of your work? Yeah, you definitely want to have um, social media icons on your site to all your social media um, platforms that you're actively using. Don't do it if you're not using them. Don't You don't need to put your feed on your website. Um, like nobody's going to go to your website to read your Twitter account or to see what you're posting on Facebook. Now, there is an exception for Instagram. You can put a nice Instagram feed that shows your most recent pictures. Um, but typically, you don't need to incorporate all your social media feeds people will go to their phone and look at your social media if they want to see it. You're just full of all kinds of stuff. That's 16 cool years that. of experience. But see, that's the thing is it's nice to have somebody we can ask and talk to about this because yes, personally, I made my own just because of budgeting reasons. But um, I think, I think having somebody professionally do it is a great idea. Um, I'm also very really good at looking at your website. All, all situations to, to know your limitations so that you can, you know, get the best results. So. Right. And you could spend hours and hours building your own website, but would you be making more money doing spending those hours, you know, working on people's pools or opening their pools or, you know, selling them chemicals? Um, you know, that's what I now have started, you know, I'm hiring people to do more things around the house because I would make more money sitting here at my desk providing website services and marketing service to people versus, um, you know, if I was outside power washing my, my backyard, it's just, I have to choose where my time is better spent and what's going to, you know, the cost benefit ratio. Um, so when you spend hours and hours making your own website, is that taking away from the hours you could be putting into your family or your business? And you have to, you know, there are trade-offs with everything. Yes. I think people need to understand it's not something you can do in an hour. Um, I know personally, it took me probably a week working co constantly and after work, you know, once everybody was settled, because obviously I get the kids all settled. But yeah, I'm sitting there for hours doing it, trying to make it look good. And obviously, you don't always see the builder, not you, but the builder as if it's like me, the service company where it's not my profession. There's going to be things that I'm going to miss or oversee that can you know, be negative, such as, you know, a typo or grammar. 
Um, well, and, you know, when it comes to typos and grammars, and here's what I tell everybody, this is the internet. It's not a tablet of stone, so you can always fix those, and it's fine. People make mistakes online. Um, you know, you definitely want it to be professional um, and to look professional, but the main thing is little things that drive interaction on your website. So when somebody lands on your website, they're only going to most likely do one thing. So what is the one thing you want them to do? you want them to contact you for service probably. So how do we make them do that? And there's a strategy and a psychology behind how that works. And people that build pools for a living or service pools for a living don't know that strategy. They don't know that psychology. And so they are just putting out their information like it's a business card, but it's not a business card. It is an interaction. So you want people to go to <coughs> your phone and click on the phone number and call you or fill out your contact form. And then you need to be tracking that with analytics so that you know it's working. Um, and those are things that people that build their own websites miss that they don't think about because they just want to get something online that people can see. But if you're not measuring if it's working, how do you know if it's working? What's cool about Amy, for everyone listening, is that Amy is a true pool person. She's got a pool and spa <laughs> in her backyard. And that's how we met. And it's, Amy, when was that? 2000 something. 2011, because yeah. I used the competitor 2010 and it was a disaster. And I was driving around town and I saw the truck that had the logo on the back and I almost followed it. And I went home and I started Googling and I couldn't find a website, but I found Tim on eBay selling, um, what was it, robotic <laughs> pool cleaners. And that's how I found your email address. And that's how I contacted you to try and, you know, get you to come save my pool. And also, you know, I was poorer at the time. So to um, <laughs> let me do your website so that I can afford to have my pool fixed. We may have to do a part two. <laughs> yeah. So um, Amy, it was great having you on. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, you talked about where uh, our listeners could find you online and your website. You also have a podcast. I do. I have a podcast. It's called Women in WP. Um, WP stands for WordPress, which is the platform I use to build websites. And um, we started the podcast as a way to highlight women that are working in our industry that are often underrepresented in other podcasts, um, but are a big part of the industry. Um, so we just talk to women. It's every two weeks, um, different women all over the world. Um, we've talked to women in Australia and Nigeria and you know, all over Europe um, and the U.S., of course, about what they're doing um, in the WordPress space, which could include, you know, building websites, marketing, content writing, um, anything like that. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Kelly does, Sorry. Kelly does the I same a, thing. I'm a big woman's supporter. Like, I have a women's group for the pool industry to give them training and stuff. But in And it's probably an area that women are underrepresented in. It is. It definitely is. 11% women in our industry. Very rare are they doing what I'm doing. Um, there are They are out there, but it's definitely nice to hear other industries are addressing that. Yeah. Well, we're here, and we're not afraid to be loud, so. <laughs> That's for sure. Kelly is, a, is another lifer like myself. Her, she grew up in the pool business with her parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. Didn't, I didn't want to do pools. I really didn't. <laughs> is that the case for you, Tim, in. too? Huh? I was asking if, if Tim also did not want to do pools and got sucked in as well. I remember being in and out of pools with my dad whenever we wouldn't get along or did get along. So, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no. But it was I was, it was a trade that, that he told... taught me and it's 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 provided well for my family over the years. So it's been a great industry to be in. I've told a couple of people that are like newer to the industry, I'm like, either you're going to hate it and you won't last long, or you're gonna get sucked in and it's like a, a sand pit, you'll never get out of it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's, I live in Indiana, so, you know, our pools close in the winter. So I think it's a, an industry that is different in different parts of the country. Um, my Texas pool clients are, you know, they are busy year round. They are nonstop. Um, but I think if you're in the Midwest or somewhere where it's get cold, you have to have a plan for, you know, your year round income because just, you know, your pool stuff won't always work, um, you know, in December, January. Right. Or, you know, you're so successful during the, season that you get to take the off season off that'd be nice too i wish that, <laughs> i i'm in california so it's year round but like yeah i my sister's in texas and so she's always telling me how it seems like it's always warm there rarely is it cold like here but in the winter time where i live it gets cold so you're not using the pool we're just pretty much maintaining it to the season yeah they don't close pools though like here's ours closes altogether. Yeah, no, I've had customers, oh, so we uh, drain the pool and put a cover on it. Uh, no, not here. Yeah, we don't drain the pools here. They just put a cover on it and then <laughs> you open it up and it's it's green. But I've got it down. I can get it clear in a week. <laughs> Amy is a master at water chemistry now, so she does very well. I was trained by the best, but it, it took me <laughs> some trial and error to figure out what I was doing. Amy. It was great. Thank you so much for listening to Tuesdays with Tim and Kelly. We have a new way you can support our show. Click on the PayPal link in the show notes and join our growing tribe of supporters. We enjoy creating content for you. and I hope you'll decide to become a supporter of our, of our show today. Kelly, who are our most recent supporters? So we would like to thank first off Paramount West Coast for donating to our show. And then also Hayward, the rep from the Pacific Northwest. And then and we have Tim's daughter, Cheyenne. My daughter actually supported our show. I thought that was so cool. Her name is Cheyenne, and she's my oldest daughter. So I was super excited to see her just out of the blue. I had no idea. She didn't even tell me it happened. So that was awesome. <laughs> but thank <laughs> you guys out. for donating. We really appreciate it. Shout out to Cheyenne. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. Bye.